different one, isn't it, today, Lucas? Yeah, it is a bit of a different one. Uh, it's the first of hopefully like a few that we're going to be doing down the line. Yeah, so uh, this is episode 83 of the Carl's Corner podcast. As always, I'm joined by my friend Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Hello, Lucas. And today, um, I guess, I mean, the day this is going out, um, you're not here, are you, Lucas? You're taking the week off. We normally record these live the day before they go out. We do, yeah, but, you know, um, I'm taking a week off as I am, you know, hopefully most people agree I'm entitled to do. Hell fucking yeah, man. You've been working hard for a year, like, behind the scenes on the channel and stuff like that. So what we're doing now is this... uh, Possibly going to serve as an advertisement of sorts for a, a, a not a new feature that has been offered, um, but a new thing that we're going to be doing, which is just a sponsored podcast once a month, and specifically for Q and A, um, for questions mm-hmm. that people may have. And you have in front of you now, don't you, Lucas? A collated list of questions. I do, yes. Yeah. So I've um, taken like appropriate questions that uh, that we've got, and like ones that I thought were a bit more interesting than than just the usual, and um, I've collated them into a list. I will be like reading them out, but I will be, you know, paraphrasing or cutting bits here and there just for the sake of the podcast. Yeah, for brevity and things like that. And also, mm. um, where can people send questions to if they have questions of their own they would like answered? Yeah, if you'd like to submit questions, you can send an email to carlscornerqa at gmail.com. Which will presumably presumably be linked below for everybody to send the questions that they're to. And just as a uh, just as a bit of housekeeping, I suppose, um, if you see us mention uh, that you can send questions to Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com um, in a tweet or something like that. Um, that means that you've got to send the question to Carl's Corner QA at gmail.com. That would respond be helpful, yeah. to the tweet because we tweet like what two, three times a day each. Mm-hmm. And if we wait in a week, uh, two weeks, three weeks between like doing an episode like this, that question is going to get lost in the source. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't really want to have to start trying to remember like multiple different locations to source all of the questions from just yeah. that's why the email exists it's there just one easy source that i can then just pick up and, uh, and go ahead yeah if you're currently thinking no one's that silly cal people are that silly people have done this multiple times already so i thought just clarify that if you've got a question you can send it to that and lucas um uh, you mentioned that you've got all the appropriate questions so i need to ask have people been silly have people been silly sausages already no, people haven't been silly, but there's a couple like involving uh, business stuff that was just like it's not really worth talking about because like we might accidentally reveal stuff we don't want to reveal. Like in terms of literal, just like you know, locations of our addresses and shit. Like, I don't want to accidentally get into any of that stuff. See, now I'm curious. Like, how can a question be worded so poorly where we might accidentally dox no, that, ourselves that's answering more just it. me being super anxious in my head more than, than the question itself okay do you have an example of one of those questions just like we don't have to answer it of course we can use it as an example of like maybe don't ask this sort of thing in the uh, future maybe like can you like just yeah, think to one of your i'm curious was myself asking now. you about like the details of the office rental and like how it goes through the business and i was like don't think that's a good thing to ask uh, also, it's not an interesting question to answer. It's just it's all done through an account I've set up. That is just a business account, which any business in the UK will do. Any good bank will be able to set up a business account, and everything's just handled through that. Um, it's the same as renting somewhere just as an individual. Only I use a different credit card and bank account. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. And uh, I will point out as well, like for anyone wondering, if we don't specifically answer your question that you sent to the the email address. It means it was a don't, shit question. We hate you. Yeah, don't try and submit it every time because that that just means that I, 
either didn't think it was a very interesting question or I didn't think it was an appropriate question. I've never answered before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucas, you know people are never going to learn. We've been on Twitch before where people <laughs> will come in and spend four hours asking the same question. Yeah, and that's why Not I want to mention that. that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I will just say that I guess like this one is just a regular weekly episode so I can take a week off. Yes. Uh, the plan is if Spotify and Apple actually get back to us about sponsorships, they that this is out. like uh, subscriptions, not sponsors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That this will become hopefully like a weekly extra, uh, monthly extra podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I've got to do. say, how much? How, I like the idea of yeah. you committing me, like committing to something on my behalf, alive during a recording. <laughs> so I'm like, wait, what? I didn't agree weekly? to this. No. Uh, so hopefully it'll just be. A bonus episode once a month for subscribers when they allow us to have subscriptions, I guess. Yeah, and for all those people who just like um, maybe get a bit disappointed we're not able to go into as much detail as perhaps they'd like um, when answering questions. So without further ado, Lucas, um, uh, any questions? Yeah, uh, we'll kick it off. Uh, so we've got, Dear Carl and Lucas, mm-hmm. what are Good games stuff. that you two are genuinely happy that you have played and would recommend to any would-be gamers. Um, um, do you want to open the floor with that one? Because I'm guessing you've thought about this question a bit more, obviously, in the art of collating it, or the act of collating it, sorry. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, there's there's quite a few games that I'm just, like, happy that I've played over the, the years, but I would definitely say that I've got two picks in terms of just one is single-player, one is multiplayer, and I would say okay. single-player is just Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, just generally because, like, I don't think I've had an experience in a long time where like, I'm, at this point, probably quite a jaded gamer because I've played that many games, but the game yeah. gave me such a just childlike sense of freedom and exploration that I haven't felt in a very long time. Yeah, and I played that game um, like on your channel and mm-hmm. just even as a casual Zelda fan, like the most casual of casual Zelda fans. Like I'm aware of the franchise um, just via pop culture osmosis, but I've never sat down and played a Zelda game. That is just like a fantastic, phenomenal 10 on 10 experience from start to finish. Like it is just so just infinitely charming and there's so much depth and thought put into every aspect of the universe and the mm. world that you are able to explore. It feels like a living, breathing world where everything you do does matter and will have a realistic um, impact and uh, um, the world responds to almost everything you do. So it's just it's just a fun toolbox. Oh, sorry, sandbox thing, to play around yeah. in. It, it really is a sandbox game. And I've never really experienced a game where so many systems tie into one another. Like everything you think of in that game where you go, does this work? Like, will work. this work if I try some bullshit? It will. Yeah. Um, it just I, If people go watch like the playthrough we did on your channel, there's multiple times where I solve puzzles in a way that you have literally never seen or thought of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like you can approach it however you feel like. like it just, the game gives you a set of tools. It's like, well, use these to solve the problem. There's yeah. no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. If it works, it works. And there were multiple times where I was solving problems in ways that you never anticipated or expected. And, and that's, that's the beauty of it, yeah. Yeah. And what's your second choice? Uh, my second choice would just be Mario Kart. Uh, specifically, yeah. like I would say just Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because it's the newest one, but just Mario Kart in general. Any Mario Kart, yeah. It is um, the, the quintessential just, just multiplayer 
um, pass the controller around game. Like someone gets their hands on Mario Kart for thirty seconds, if they are aware of how a controller works, they can play Mario Kart. Yeah, and I I literally played it the other weekend from when it was my mum's birthday and like had like my sisters and my mum around and that and we were just playing Mario Kart on like, a couple of switches and I was just like this is a game that without any hiccup we just passed a control to everyone in the room and went like let's go and we all had a laugh yeah and it yeah. it's just I sat there and went this was so seamless like we didn't really have to tell people what to do it's just like go use items drift Yep. Like, there you go, there's three buttons, go. And we just no. had a laugh, and it's like, I, there's so few times where I've had such a seamless, easy experience where everyone can enjoy themselves. Yeah, it's just like, um, pure the purity of the gaming medium, mm-hmm. like, distilled. And uh, for me, I, I'm not sure of, like, the exact context of the question, as in, like, do they want me to recommend a game to a casual gamer? Like, you know, what would I recommend someone who'd never play games for? Or... As a seasoned gamer, it's something maybe they've maybe not heard of. So I guess I'll answer both of those questions. Um, yeah. And for just a game that I will always recommend, just unreservedly to anybody, is just Super Smash Bros. Fair, yeah. <laughs> like just as a guy, like, because you can hand that off to, again, similar to Mario Kart, to anybody. And mm-hmm. if they, even if they've never played a video game, they will have fun playing that. If you whack items, because the amount of dumb stuff that can happen. Yeah, like, between the amount of fighters there are, the huge selection of, like, stages with hazards and items and stuff, it just, it can be as calm or chaotic as you want. Yeah, there is no depth, there is no limit to the depth of what can be accomplished in that game, Mm -hmm. whether it be, like, hyper-competitive one-on-one or dumb fun with friends. Like, the fact that you can have simultaneously on screen eight different people playing on the same console in the same room all playing as eight different characters all of which have a unique and individual moveset which interacts with the world and that is built inside the game in its own unique way interacting with um, like what nearly a hundred items on a hundred different stages all of which have their own unique geometry geography um, interactables hazards that sort of thing and then there's like a thousand music tracks on top of that that as well, like two of the items, the Pokeball and the Assist Trophy, also have a list of items within those items. Yes, uh, there is just infinite replayability, fun and depth to that game, and nothing sums up better than the fact that every single time we have ever played that game. I'd say we played easily hundreds of sessions of Smash Bros in which we played thousands of games, and I mm-hmm. would say that in every single one of those games we have ever played, not every session, every game we've ever played, there has been a completely unique interaction we have never seen before. I mean, definitely every session. I'm not sure about every single game, but there, uh, that it's close enough that I would question it. Yeah. And the fact that we've over the over the last ten years between us, like, had tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of matches, mm-hmm. then that's ridiculous. This is yeah, insane. There is- it's, it's such a fun and charming series, and it has so much effort put into it. Plus, as well, just like fucking banging soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, I guess, for a game that I'd recommend to a season game, that's the thing. Like, my gaming cred is uh, effectively nil because I just play popular games really now. That's the mm-hmm. thing. I, I, play a, like, I play a lot of games, but um, I'm just I'm too old. I'm too cynical, too jaded now. <laughs> it's like, you know, get into the nitty gritty of the gaming world. But um, just. 
I guess a, a little game that I think people should just give a chance to would be like just those old PS2 action platformers. Like if you're a season gamer and you've played a lot of games, like go back and play something like the Van Helsing PS2 game. Oh my god! Go, yeah, you know what I mean. Go back and play something like that. I'll go back and play like a bad first, like Haze, a bad first-person shooter. Mm. And so, I think it's important for people who like games to play bad games, and games that are mediocre mm-hmm. as well. Like not just bad games. Like you, you can't just play good. You got to play mediocre games, bad games, and good games. That way, it just gives you a better frame of reference for what a good game is. Yeah, and I hear like a lot of people criticize. Um you know gaming websites and stuff is it well every game you give is like on a scale of seven to ten ratings wise yes and that's not because every game the, ba- is the bad games don't exist it's because they you know at this point just they choose do. to not review the bad games um and it's like yeah you can you can still go on steam and find that five pound asset flip shit game that's a literal one out of ten yeah, and that's why that um, system exists. So I think, and because that you mentioned it very well, that's what I was going to bring up. That criticism of like, oh, every game's a seven or eight or a nine or a ten. Why mm-hmm. is there no? Why, why do you never give a game a bad score or a mediocre score? Because well, mediocre games exist, and this is not a mediocre game. Yeah. And I feel it's important for people to like, you know, same way as like I'd say in regards to film, watch bad films, watch B movies, watch straight to DVD trash on Netflix if you've got the time, watch bad TV shows to give you a frame of reference for what a bad TV show, for what bad acting is, for what bad special effects are, so that when you're having a conversation about film, you don't, like, you know, just show your ass um, yeah. when you're, like, like laying down a criticism for something where it's just done completely without, um, uh, like, knowledge or context of, like, you know, the actual medium itself. Because part of knowing a medium and being um, informed upon it involves in, in taking in all the bad stuff as well. So that's yeah, why I, I have a, a large collection of bad games and will frequently play um, bad games um, that I see just on um, uh, PS2 and things like that. Just to give me that <laughs> frame of reference of, you know what, things will be better. Like, go out there and play those Harry Potter tie-in games. Oh my God. Yeah, just play for five minutes. Yeah. Do you remember, like, back in the day, don't you, it's, um, at Brad's house, where he had just, like, like massive collection of PS2 movie tying games mm. that we'd all play for, like, half an hour and go, this is shit. Then just laugh at it, yeah. Yeah, but it's important, I feel, to, like, you know, to give you that grounding of, like, it's okay, now I know what a bad game feels like. Mm-hmm. It gives you the concept of, like, okay, it shows how good a good game feels. It's like... Um, uh, do you know when you walk around without a T-shirt on? Oh, sorry, you walk around in a T-shirt and then put your jacket on. I mean, you feel warm, but if you just walk around wearing your jacket, you'll slowly mm. get cold. Yeah. It's that. That, but in regards to media. <laughs> and I know that you've always, like, uh, advocated for, like, media literacy, and I think that's part have, yes. of the process of being media literate, is just consuming a wide variety everything of content. on the spectrum. Or, yeah. like, try everything on the spectrum. You don't have yeah. to enjoy it. Yeah, it's like when you go to a buffet and don't just get chips. Like, even mm. if you know that you're not going to like something, at least try it so you know why you don't like it. You can describe what about it is you don't like. Yeah. So treat media the same way. Because it's, media's ba- it's so disposable these days, there's no excuse not to consume a wide variety of media. I mean, yeah, heck, you could go onto Game Pass and download some, like, mediocre games, at least, on Game Pass. And just, if you've got the, the Game Pass for a quid for a month, like, 
go out and try a few of those those random games that you wouldn't normally try. Yeah, and I know that I said um, I don't play many games anymore. That's because I put my time in playing bad games. <laughs> I put my time in when I was younger, and I was like going to the shop and paying like one pound to get those. Like, do you have like a fiver? And you're trading a game and you got like a quid in your pocket. So you've got like seven quid to get a game. You can't afford a good game. So you just grab off something that looks cool and it ends up being crap. Yeah, and that's the exact reason why I played a lot of GameCube games. My GameCube collection is only like a dozen titles because the amount of time I spent um, during those, those GameCube years, those formative years of mm-hmm. being like a young teenager was like going to the shop, trading in all my games to then go to like the five for ten pound section in the shop just, and just getting yeah. five more games and that's how i got into like some of my favorite genres now are because of that like devil may cry i adore that series and that's because i played devil may cry one really liked it played a bunch of bad character action games as a kid thinking well they must all play like this and they didn't they don't all play like devil may cry because devil may cry is the exceptional example of that genre character action mm-hmm and playing all the bad games, that, like the bad shitty characters. Like, do you remember like Ninja Blade? That fucking piece of shit. No. Yeah, I paid full price for that because it's like, oh, Ninja. And I thought, well, I like Ninja Gaiden. So maybe it's like Ninja Gaiden. It's not like Ninja Gaiden. It's fucking terrible. So that's like, oh, I want to play like Devil May Cry 2. And in my young mind, couldn't figure out why it felt bad. But because I played it and I, I'm aware of it, I know that it felt bad as an adult. I went back to it and, okay, I can explain why this game feels yeah. bad. Because and I have I, that grounding and experience playing bad games in this genre. I have one that really sticks out in my head, and I can't even remember what it was called. Mm-hmm. But it was like I really enjoyed the the Tony Hawk's games, and uh, like I always kept trying out any like extreme sports games, and they and were I never tr- as good. I tried one that was a surfing extreme sports like Tony Hawk's S game, and man, that was bad. Which I don't even a- know what it was called, but it was a GameCube surfing game and it wasn't like you know wave race or anything it was literally go onto the waves in like you know a quote-unquote realistic style mm-hmm. um and try and do like six skill points and stuff like do you do your tricks like tony hawk style yeah it was and good. did playing that game as well though give you an appreciation for how good tony hawks is it really did, yeah. Yeah, and that's why do it playing bad games is important. So, yeah, to answer the question, um, I recommend Smash Bros. Someone who's never played video games, people who have played video games, just go find any old crap that looks remotely interesting and play it just to see what happens. And um, Like, worst it's going to be is it's going to be a fun afternoon. Yeah. And they, they, do, they do say at the end as well, like, if this is chosen, trans rights are human rights, fuck the alt-right, and the... Vampire mummy milkers are poggers, and you know what? I can respect that. Yeah, Fair except, that, except that last bit, because that's real cringy. Because it's it's real like, cringy. Yeah. It's real cringy. I'm not gonna lie, but I was like, like you nothing. Know what? <laughs> if if you wanna if you wanna be on Twitch, you've got to, you've got to deal with some vampire mummy milkers. Apparently, yeah. I was gonna say if it wasn't for the fact they said trans rights, I'd say man, that just sounds like their personality is based on Reddit. Well, that's why I wanted to say it really is because yeah, trans rights are fucking human rights. They are indeed. Yeah. So, what's the next question we've got? Uh, so the next one is like a question for each of us. Okay. Uh, so for Carl, yes. are there any video games when you were a kid that you were obsessed with and why? Uh, Devil May Cry. As I said, yeah, I played Devil May Cry 3 um, to completion um, a dozen or so times over the course mm-hmm. of two or three weeks because a friend lent it to me and I got obsessed with it. And I was really upset because I knew I had to get that game back in like a week or so and I kept going to school and be like, 
He's like, oh, have you, got, you finished that game that I lent you? It's, oh, no, I can't beat the final boss. So, yeah, the final boss is really hard. It's okay. You can, like, I'll ask for it next week. And I'd actually completed it, like, four or five times at that point. Like, I need to play it again. I need to play it again. I need to play World <laughs> Devil May Cry 3. So, yeah, that uh, was the game. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Like, oh, Devil May Cry 3. Like, that's a game that Carl is. Well, it's a series that Carl is still obsessed with. But that was the one that I that, that, Yeah, that crystallized my love of that series. Mm-hmm. I played it to death. And, you like, sure it wasn't complete... two that. Major love Devil May Cry. Uh, no, it's not. That's what made me realise that. Oh wow! You know what? A ki- uh, sometimes a king needs to rest. <laughs> it's like sometimes you can't polish a turd. Yeah, you can roll it around in glitter though and give it two handguns, but they, they tried. <laughs> so, and what was the question for you? Is it the same uh, one? No, for me it was oh. uh, which was the hardest thing for you to edit in a video, not Firefiend specifically, just in a video that I've worked on. And I think the hardest thing I've ever had to try and make work was the first recording session of Breath of the Wild. Oh, because we fucked up the audio, didn't we? We fucked up the audio so hard. And we couldn't, you can't recreate the like someone playing Breath of the Wild for the first time. No, and it was like a, a good two-hour session where it's like the first yeah. few episodes of the, the entire series. And I remember. Carl just absolutely falling in love with this game and as you say you can't recreate that and you but don't we wanna... fucked up the audio because we recorded off the webcam instead of the professional microphone yeah uh, something we have to check multiple times i'm still paranoid about doing that yeah like, even for setting up for this recording session i still double checked i'm not recording through my microphone i'm recording through my <laughs> microphone not my webcam and yeah that that was just the hardest thing i have ever had to try and make work because like the timing was out on the video, and like it all sounded a bit weird, and it all the the quality wasn't great. But as as we said, like th- this was all we had to work off. We couldn't do it again. Yeah. And just sitting down for hours trying to make sure the audio synced up, that the audio sounded as good as possible. And it was still was sounded bad. An absolute nightmare. And I think that's the thing with video. I think I, briefly every now and then, you know, I've spoken to Brad and Isha about this of like. When you're editing a video, like video fuck-ups, you can deal with audio it's fuck-ups. Audio. They are the worst. Like you can always cut a video, or you can like you no know, crop it, or if even if it's blurry, you can just put you can literally just put a disclaimer on screen, mm-hmm. just saying it looks bad. We're sorry, but if it sounds bad, like because I think plenty of people look at things that look bad. Like people watch like fucking ugly movies all the time, like with bad like you know um, uh, color grading. Yeah. And depth of field and things like that, but when something sounds bad, it immediately puts you off. Yeah, it really does, and that's the worst part for me was just like sitting there going, "This is the start of the series." Like if it if people had already got hooked a bit, that's okay. But it's the fact that it's like the start of it. It's like, oh yeah. No. If anyone ever wants to see, oh wow, they play through all of Breath of the Wild. There's like a hundred episodes here. That's awesome. And then they go to the first episode. It's like, oh, this doesn't set a good opening town does it it doesn't know and that that's the thing is like by episode four i think we think like we it's all sorted because that was the second recording session but you you can't you can't take back the first one and like yeah no you never get a second chance to make a first impression you don't you don't and i literally was sitting there thinking in my head like we could we could try and pretend like carl was playing it for the first time again that's not honest i could i could put out the first episode as like and now we're 40 minutes long or whatever it was. That would be more off-putting to people. That would be then. way more off-putting. And in the end, I just had to sit there and go, put it out. 
put it out. Move on, learn from your mistakes. Yeah, just treat it as a learning experience. And yeah, like I agree, audio fuck ups are the worst. It happens like multiple times in my uh, on my personal channel. Like I'll for some reason, oh, I sound like I'm underwater in this. You never get any inclination of that when you're recording. Because you just look, all I can see is I can look at Audacity and see all oh, the sound bars look like they're doing all right. Like nothing's peaking or anything like that. You just get it back and listen to it. Oh, I sound like I'm underwater. Great. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, because like when you're recording, as you say, you see that it's the, the levels are rising up and down. So it's registering that noise into the microphone. Yeah. Just didn't realize the noise sounded like I was being attacked <laughs> by Hydro Man, but whatever. Uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> Hopefully, as we want insight into um, uh, the editing process behind the scenes. Hell yeah. But uh, moving on to the next mm-hmm. question, uh, we've got Hello All. My question is uh, What minor power would you want? Like, for example, uh, you could turn invisible, but your eyes have to be closed. Like, your laser, laser vision out your eyes, but it's just like a laser pointer. Those are their examples. And they say, Thanks, Blake. Uh, and probably just something passive that's not going to have me experimented on by the government for the rest of my life. Or something <laughs> like just, I, if I hold my breath, it's the equivalent of just running a mile or something. like Every minute I hold my breath um, is like exercising for an hour. So I can just get an hour's exercise on my whole, like just something like that. Or yeah. just, oh, every time I touch a tree, um, I like take one day of life force from the tree and put it into You're myself. stealing life from trees, Carl. No, but Lucas, only one day. Stealing only one life day. from nature, Carl. Yeah, on, th- that's the one. Do you know people are like, oh, I can absorb life force, but only one day. <laughs> so I can absorb like one day of life force from a li- another living being. So, I've oh, just yes, got the walk- image in the head, though, of like you running through a forest, the forest, just arms out, touching every single tree, like, yeah! I'm going to live for at least another 40 days. <laughs> <laughs> so something like mine like that that's just like you never notice that it's a power that i have yeah and i think like for me um this is one like to clarify that i literally just thought of now is um just being able to like hold a drink in my hand and make it whatever temperature i want that's a good one that's a really good minor power isn't it i like just just always have like a, your hot drinks are always just the right temperature your cold drinks are always ice mm-hmm. cold your beer is always ice cold and i was just sitting there going like looking at my water going i wish this wasn't sitting here at room temperature i wish it was a bit colder and i wish i could just like lift up a mug or whatever and go like yeah this coffee needs to be slightly warmer and that's something as well people would never notice only exactly. you would notice that exactly so that's the kind of thing you don't want to be just in the, a government testing lab because you can like <laughs> float a foot off the ground yeah and um yeah i think that that's that's my that answer that, yeah. yeah that answers that one that does yeah and uh we'll move on to the next one uh this one is like a a, a series of little quick fire questions and uh, okay then do we have any names on these or is it just because you had to copy paste them into like another thing i've been putting names on anyone that has put their name at the bottom Ah, of okay the, so o- like, only people who sign a name you put it on i'll just double check in case yeah because like if they've sent it across and the email address tells me their name i don't want to like put that Say the name but out. if they've signed off with a name i'm going to use a name fair enough i was just going to double check that because i feel that's something people are going to get really annoyed about after the fact, and we're going to get like roasted for it on Twitter. No, yeah, you ran out of my question, but you didn't credit it. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm the sorry. The last one was from Blake. I, I did mention Blake's name, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um... That's why I noticed that, but not on the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because, like, again, 
I take a sign of like someone signing off their name as like essentially okay permission to, to use their name. Good way, good way of approaching it. Yeah. So uh, uh, sorry. What's the next question then? You got some quick fire ones for us. So yeah, the next one. Um, they just say, "Hello, you massive legends. I have the very mo- utmost respect for you. Uh, you provide me with useful knowledge and laughter. Uh, I won't fanboy too hard to hear the questions. Okay. Uh, the first one's just, how are you? Uh, uh, I'm fine. Uh, a little bit stiff at the yeah. moment because just yeah, I had my back last week, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm I, I'm all right. A little bit tired today. Uh, I was working late last night just because again, like next week off, so working a bit more this week. Again, yeah, just the way it goes. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's what life's like now, isn't it? Um, life in 2021 is just perpetually being a little bit tired. <laughs> it is, yeah. A little bit tired and a little bit stiff. Yeah, and smaller then, uh, story. I mentioned this the other week, but so they said, uh, did either of you have like side effects from your uh, vaccine jab? Just felt a little bit hot, like a fever. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, you know that's better than fucking COVID. It is, yeah. It's a lot better, better than, than COVID. Better than COVID. And I found it really funny of someone putting out there like, oh yeah, it does suck that you get um, like side effects from the jab. Like, you know, some people are a bit ill, some people are really tired, some people have a lot of aches. But you know what that is? That's minor versions of what happens when you get actual fucking COVID. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just, again, like felt a little bit tired uh, the day of the jab and had a bit of a nap and I was all right after that. And then the next day was like very, very achy in terms of like just muscle pains and stuff. But other than that, I was all right. And that's the thing as well. How do you tell the difference between that and everyday life anyway? <laughs> yeah, when like, when you're, uh, when you're getting a bit older, just like every day is a little bit muscle ache. It is the one, yeah. I'm feeling it right now, so please stop talking about muscle lake. It's making me like, feel like, oh, what's the next question, quick? Uh, next one is, how did we meet? Uh, they said, University. pretty sure you mentioned it in previous videos, but I'm sure yeah, some people would love to know. Uh, yeah, we met, and, like, you know, as I said earlier, like, Mario Kart's a great game. We met because of Mario Kart, Carl. We did, yes, yeah. We went to the Mario Kart Society, which is just meet up and play Mario Kart and drink a cup of tea. Yeah. And uh, it... You weren't supposed to drink tea, but I found the tea-making facilities <laughs> in the building. Because it was like, oh, it's a university like uh, like lecture hall that's empty during this time, so you can book it out. And I would just kept walking into the staff room that you're not supposed to go into. But I was like, well, I'm, having, I'm paying nine grand a year to study here. I'm taking a cup of tea. That's pretty much my earliest memory of you, is like you'd always be there with a cup of tea and everyone's like, where did you get the fucking tea from? It's, like, it's a secret. Because if too many people knew, then too many people go into that office and we get in trouble. Yeah, we'd get in trouble for it, but I always just remember people going up to you, just being like, where where did you get a cup of tea? And you're like, ah, oh, I can't tell you. I can't tell you, it's a secret. It's a big secret that no one's allowed to know except for me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mario Kart bringing people together. Seems and that's like, like literally how I met most of the people I still keep in contact with. From yeah, the Mario Kart, stay winning. Stay, stay winning, winning with Mario Kart. And then the um, last one is just any TV or film recommendations you've watched recently? Uh, X-Files. Fair. Go watch X-Files, but only what, and something I found a new appreciation for during lockdown because I just consume so much content now because I'm just stuck inside all the time, mm-hmm. um, is the idea of the show that was created before the existence of streaming and how poorly they perform in the age of streaming. For example, um, just Parks and Rec, really popular show. Yeah, a lot of people love Parks and Rec. Um, it aired in a time when, like, originally aired, I should say, in a time when you'd have to wait a week for a new episode, mm-hmm. and 
because of that, um, in the age of streaming, it has aged so fucking poorly. And by that I mean um, one time, like sh um, running gags in the show really start to grate on you after a while. Like the character of Jerry or Gary. Uh, or, the whole shtick is that he's yeah, constantly he... just getting picked on. And yeah. That happens like once, twice per episode. Maybe there's an episode where it doesn't happen, but the next episode it'll happen again. And week to week, that's like, you know, a funny running gag. When you watch four or five episodes in a row, like you're like, fucking leave him alone. <laughs> and the entire premise is that he is just the nicest person on earth. Yeah. But when you see a, a bunch of episodes back to back, it's like, fucking leave him alone. He's not doing anything wrong. In the same vein of like, watching some like X-Files, where it's, it aired in a time where you'd have one episode every single week. And the premise of X-Files is it's a firm believer in the occult paranormal and all the, like, the crazy bullshit you can think of, like conspiracy theories, all that lot, and a skeptic. And week to week, you can imagine like, you know, they have an episode where, oh no, it's a wolf man. Next episode, and like throughout the episode, Scully's like, oh, it could not be a wolf man. We don't know if it is a wolf man. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out it is a wolf man. Then the next episode, Scully is back to being a skeptic still. Even though in the previous episode, you knew she just met a wolf man. And <laughs> if that episode happened a week ago, you might forget that Scully had seen a wolf man. But mm -hmm. when you're watching five episodes in a day, and you smash cut from one episode where it ends with a wolf man, and it goes to the next episode, it's like, look. Mulder, I don't know why you always assume it's like, you know, some crazy paranormal explanation. It's like, because it's always a crazy paranormal explanation. He's always right. You met an alien in the previous episode. Yeah, you uh, said like at one point they get abducted by aliens and then a week later it's like, ah, there's a logical explanation. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I don't know what I saw. And it like they're having flashbacks to the episode in the episode where it's a fucking alien. <laughs> And it's like stuff like that I'd recommend watching with that like take on it. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure how common that is, but for me, that's the way I found to get more enjoyment. Like they're enjoyable shows on their own, but watching them with that in mind makes them just adds an extra layer of just humour to them. Yeah. Like something like go watch Friends and then watch like five episodes of Friends in a row and just see how fucking old Chandler's jokes get and stuff like that. Yeah. And I or will say like you can tell in Parks and Rec because I rewatched it recently. Like I had the same thought of you. It was like fucking leave like Gary, Jerry, Larry, uh, whatever they want to call them alone. And you can tell like after what season three or four that they really tone it down. Because they realise, yeah. They've realised how fucking brutal it is. And every now and then they'll have like one joke at his expense, but it's not the just constant beration that it is in the first couple of series, yeah. series, seasons. And that's just like, you know, that's I'd recommend just any old show you can find via whatever streaming platform you happen to have. Like, just give it a go. Look, look for one that has like three or four seasons. That's fair. And I want to recommend something that's a little, little different. And I okay. would just say like on Netflix... Uh, Jenna and I watched the first series, first season of Alice in Borderland. Did you mention that? Yeah, yeah, and it's um, I think it's a interpretation of a graphic novel, and there's only like eight episodes of the first season out, and they clearly you know set it up for other seasons. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just something a little bit different, and it's not 100 percent great, and it's clearly got budget limitations with bad. CGI animals at times and stuff, but it's just a very interesting premise, and I won't say too much about it because, like, it would kind of spoil the entire premise of the show. But it, yeah. it's 
very um, kind of like I, d I don't know uh, I don't want to say too much but if you're into kind of like a bit something a bit weird and something a little bit different then I would go and recommend just at least trying it out yeah and in the same way if you want a proper recommendation for something I would recommend go watch Love Death Robots because mm -hmm. like I'm t my other recommendation is like watch 18 seasons of a crap show from like the 90s no one gives a fuck about an actual recommendation would go watch Love Death Robots they're about 10 minutes long each it's just short vignettes and it's like high concept um, science fiction shorts essentially I heard like uh, season 2 was a bit disappointing but I heard the first one was season like, 1's really good yeah yeah, uh, it, but it's my favorite genre. Uh, two genres are horror and sci-fi because I believe they are the ones where the most interesting premises get explored, and mm. uh, there's just they're just high concept ideas that are explored in less than ten minutes. Because yeah. you know when you watch a horror film or a sci-fi film, and it really starts to overstay its welcome, or it has like one good idea that they just drive into the ground, mm -hmm. and you're bored of it by like the hour mark. That doesn't happen in this because the idea is good as, and it leaves you wanting more. It's like, oh, that's an interesting idea. I wish I saw more of it, and then you think. No, because if this was like a full-length TV show, you'd already be bored of it. That's fair. Like um, you wouldn't have had an, you wouldn't have been handled this well, or explored. That's one thing like, I'm scared about with that Alice in Borderland is like the the concept is really cool, and that's what kind of keeps him going. And it's um it's like Japanese, and I watched it with subtitles, so there are times when this is clearly badly acted, but it doesn't come across quite as much because. I'm watching a different language, but also, like, I'd say, like, budget. And it's definitely, like, you know, a 7, 8 out of 10, but the concept sells it so hard, and I want more. I want to watch more. I want to see more, but I just hope they don't burn out my premise. Yeah, or, like, start to indulge themselves and just really start um, tossing themselves off over how smart they are, as happened with the show Altered Carbon, which I've watched ah, is yeah. a really interesting premise. But by the second season, they really, really start to get fucking ham-fisted and like heavy-handed with, oh, this is supposed to be a metaphor for mods. I know it is, because it's a fucking science fiction TV show. Yeah, and that, that was the one that was like pinned as Blade Runner-esque, wasn't it? Yeah, and you know something's good when it's like, what, can you describe it on its own merits? No, I can only descri describe it by comparing it to something else. Mm-hmm. <sighs> just like just, yeah, again first season of Alt Carbon but like really interesting um, high concept premise and then it just it kind of like falls off a cliff so and that, it which stars happen. a boring man from Suicide Squad yeah and then in the second season Anthony Mackie I believe oh okay I think Anthony Mackie is in the second one and I, I'm not dissing the actor I'm dissing the first Suicide Squad where I think it's, it's Joel Kinnaman who played yeah, Red he's, Flag he's and just a it, bad actor it was oh, okay fair I've, that's the only thing I really remember seeing him in He's but Rick Flag was the most just like fucking bad character in a bad ensemble. Yeah, he is also like the guy who played Robocop in the Robocop reboot. Oh and shit, yeah. Do you, you know he's a shit actor as well? Because the whole point of Robocop is that he has no emotion and he can't do that convincingly. <laughs> anyway, next question. Oh uh, well they they just like sign off here saying, Keep up the awesome work, it's greatly appreciated. A loving fan, Baz. Aww. So much appreciation, Baz. Thank you, Baz. And yeah, next scene. Uh, next question is something like, um, I think I know the, the answer to, but I just figured that you can clarify for posterity. Um, so it's like, would Carl ever bring back the diner discussion scene stuff since he's in crack now? I miss those. I would love to see Carl and other fat people having a discussion about things like that in the old diner setting. Thank you. It's not my decision. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I have no um, control um, editorial-wise over what Crack puts out. Um, I'm essentially a contractor um, doing the Fact Fiend style and on their um, platform. Um, Jordan Breeding, who is the guy who's appeared on the podcast once before, and he's like the guy who's in charge of the video um, uh, side of Cracked now. I don't want to speak for him, but from what I've heard in conversations... Um, stuff like that is not coming back because it's a new. They're going in a new direction with it, and all the people involved with the production of those original videos that he liked are just no longer there. And I don't think it'd be fair to them to mm-hmm. try and reboot it with some chuckle fuck. Um, by which I mean me. <laughs> That's fair, and I, I'm not calling you a chuckle fuck, but yeah, um, I was gonna say like that. I remember during the podcast he mentioned the old crack stuff, and he seemingly has a lot of appreciation for we all the do, yeah. old cracked video team who were um, yeah. you know, dumped by the company. Got dumped, yeah. yeah, by the company who no longer owns Cracked, if people are wondering. Because yeah. I think I mentioned in a previous podcast I'd never work with Cracked again. Um, that was because the people who owned it when I said that um, no longer own it, and it was bought by another company who seemingly um, have more regard for the people um, working for them. Yeah, and it you know as as far as I can tell, Jordan seems like a a stand up guy and doesn't want to essentially steal their old ideas. Um, he no. wants to do something a bit different, as you say, and just like yeah, not not just rub them the wrong way and take their old premises and stuff. Yeah, plus as well, it's not going to be like why what as just for me as a creative, I wouldn't want to go do somebody else's idea worse than they did. Mm-hmm. Because like. like uh, the the after hours stuff is like some of the the like most interesting YouTube discussions I've watched and like it's also as well highly scripted and I'm not very good at doing scripted um, uh, comedy. That's fair, and as you say, I just wouldn't like I, I talking just as a creative person, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd just like take their idea and as you say, probably just do it worse because they're really talented. Yeah, plus as well, they wrote it all. As I said, it's scripted comedy, and I think they did do something. I think like they span it off into another similar type of video themselves. Yeah, and then they did like podcasts and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I have no editorial control over anything Crack puts out and I wouldn't want to do that even if they asked me to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I obviously know you didn't have uh, like any creative control, but I thought I'd throw that in there just to clarify for people yeah. who might think like, oh, Carl can like get, get stuff going in Crack now. It's like Yeah, I can have a word in someone's ear, but I wouldn't want to. Mm-hmm. I presumably have the ability to speak to somebody there and could float that idea past them, but yeah, I don't want to. I mean, it's not my place to do so, and I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it either way. Yep, that's fair. But yeah, uh, well, we can move on to the next question. Yeah, what's this one? Uh, someone says, hey, this may be a wee bit of a personal question, but do you ever worry people will treat you differently or in a certain way because you are relatively well-known? Um, only people who meet me um, at like live events and things like that, or if fans want to talk to me, which is why um, I've clarified multiple times, like on the podcast, on the channel, um, just in my day-to-day videos on social media and in person, just treat me like a stranger. Um, it's why mm. I stress that so much. Um, I'd like to be treated like a stranger, by which I mean just like how you'd approach someone on the street um, that you had no prior interaction with is how I would ideally prefer to be... Um, uh, talk to and or approached and yeah. uh, in my personal life not so much because the people i'm like 30 years old now and um, a lot of the people i hang out with i've known for 
like a good decade or so at this point, and even the people I've known for a short length of time, and that's like still known mm. for a good couple of years. They all know me. And yeah, they've known I'm... me for a long time, and I'd like to think they wouldn't change the way they're thinking about me, like based on my success or being a known figure online or what have you, because they just see it like I do as my job and have done for many years. Yeah, and I generally speaking, the you know, the the mutual friends that we have, mm-hmm. um we barely even like bring it up in natural conversation. It never gets brought up, no, because it's our job. I that's I yeah. see it as my job and refer to it as such by which I mean I don't talk about it because I don't like people who talk about their jobs. Yeah, I've never always been the kind of person thing. whose life was my job, or my job was my life, or my life. I live to work and work to live. I don't want to do that. So, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, every now and then we joke about um, your your success, or we congratulate you on it. But I like to think that none of us would ever treat you differently because of it. And yeah. similar in like any other like job, like it's the same as if any of our other friends had any, you know promotional or any success at work and in their career we would just congratulate them you know talk about it and kind of move on and treat them as we always would yeah and that's the thing you've known me what 10 years at this point mm-hmm. and like you know that i absolutely hate when people mention the channel or how good it's doing it's like now i don't want to talk about it <laughs> I, I still just like uh, think back to that time when the office building through that little party thing and everyone was asking you what you did and you were just so nervous like uh, yeah I, I just said yeah i work in that office over there which one the one with big wangers on door <laughs> yeah. like, oh god yeah what's that do oh it's a company that i own you own a company it's like yeah and yeah, yeah you're very very humble in that regard and I, many I people to... might not think that you are but when you actually see carl in real life like yeah, he, he actually is it's almost like I'm a different person in private with my friends and people that I trust, know and love. Mm-hmm. And that the uh, the person I am in social media and even in these videos and like these podcasts and stuff um, is an exaggerated version of my own personality where I am on, as it were. Exactly. I and I think a lot of people don't seem to uh, like really um, grasp that notion of, like, oh, but that means you're acting differently. It's like, well, not really. It's just that we have to tone ourselves up a little bit to be... I should say an exaggerated version of ourselves because we're not constantly like talking or trying to be funny when we're just sitting at home watching some TV or something. Yeah, and like in this sense, I think it's probably the, mute, the most muted I'm going to be in any of the podcasts because I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to answer these questions as earnestly and honestly as I can. Yeah. Uh, so in, in that vein, I am worried that it's a thing, but I, I, I take steps to avoid it. Yeah, and like I um, would say, like the one thing that I'm worried about if I became successful in any way it was like just you are some of the weird okay but like yeah more that... successful then more successful okay yeah we'll go with that uh, but just like the stories that i've heard that you tell me of people trying to contact like friends and family yeah that's the big worry for me which has happened multiple times before and that's that's what i'm more um asked about it's like look um um like as you say, like a grown man, like nearly thirty myself as well, and I can, for the most part, judge a situation and look after myself. But I'm more just paranoid of people getting in contact with like my family and shit, and just I don't want that. Yeah, it's like um, it, it's not their responsibility or something they should worry about. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to make it their problem, and I worry that like when things like that happen, um, it do, it does upset me to a degree. 
So yeah, it is a personal question, but it's one I don't mind answering. You know, so for posterity, as we all know. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, um, obviously they they might perceive that as like a personal question, and it is a, to a little extent. But those we generally don't mind answering, and if mm-hmm. something got a bit too personal, I just wouldn't include it. Yeah, or I'd just not answer it. Yeah, yeah, and you and obviously as is my prerogative. If I if I do bring up a question, I know that you would um, refuse to answer, but like, <laughs> obviously feel free to ever uh, ever just say that you don't want to answer. That's no, fine. Silence, Lucas, is always a valid option. Telltale <laughs> Games taught me that. I've got my rights, Carl. But yeah, moving oh. on. Um... <clears throat> Give me a second. We need cough buttons. The clicky need... button is back. I've got just yeah. had to clear my throat for a second then. Yeah, we need cough buttons for um, uh, streaming and stuff. Literally, um, there's those like fancy Elgato like wave three bikes or whatever, you where you can just mic. tap the top to mute. And I'm like, that is the only reason I want to upgrade my mic is so that I don't have to make a noise to mute because it's just so antithetical. But also at the same time, I'm going to tap that shit by accident every time I stream. That's the issue, yeah. <laughs> every single time, yeah. So what's the next question we've got, Bob Uh So this one is, hey, Carl and Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I'm not, I've am not. i not watched, I don't think, but this is uh, saying, one of my favourite fight theme videos is one about the Predator 1718 yes. and how Hollywood didn't make a Predator sequel with the Flintop Pistol tie-in from the end of Predator 2. Okay. Uh, so basically their question is like what period would you set a new Predator film in if you could and if you have someone in mind like would you put like a person or a historical figure to fight the Predator in there Uh, absolutely not a historical figure no but uh, time period would be um, like obviously Feudal Japan's the obvious one but because Mm. it's so obvious it'd be so boring and as well Hollywood put a white guy in it (laughs) <laughs> and I don't want that. So I'd say it'd be the start of, like, you know, just warfare as we know it today. So I'd say World War One, Because World War Two is, mm. like, is really just, like, kind of overdone at this point. So I think a World War One Predator movie, like, trench warfare with Predators and make it a horror movie. Could be quite Fair. interesting. The same vibe, like, Arthurian times, maybe. But, again, that's, like, a little bit on the nose, like, knights fighting a Predator. Because it's, like... It doesn't really seem fair when a Predator has a bloody plasma caster on its back. Funnily enough, I like cut this little bit out, but they did mention specifically Arthurian knights and feudal Japan. Yeah, because the they're the... like, I just cut that little line out. But yeah, yeah, because they are the two most generic places, so I wouldn't want to do that. Like they're the first options people would think of, so they're the most boring. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I wanted to mention them because they're the ones that people will no doubt suggest to me on Twitter. And you know what? I called that, Luke. I fucking called it straight away, <laughs> didn't I? Because they're the ones they, that people... They were just would... two examples that they brought up, but yeah. Because like... they're the most generic ones, yeah. So I'd say World War One. Uh, World War One would be super interesting as, um, mm. uh, you know, a setting for it. Alternately, um, I, if you wanted to go just a little bit further back than that, uh, you could say, like, cowboy times, maybe... Okay. Like, um, or uh, maybe indigenous people in, like, you know, just a less explored part of um, the world in terms of film, like Mesoamerica, yeah. somewhere like that. Like the um, Aztecs, because the Aztecs are hinted at as having a um, prior relationship or an Aztec like culture with the um, the Predators. Alternately, set it on the Predator homeworld and make it a series of vignettes of them traveling through time. That, that, that would be interesting, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and like two off the top of my head, I don't really know much about Predator, other than like we've done some videos uh, about Predator in the past. But mm-hmm. I like two fairly generic settings, but ones I think would be quite interesting to see would just be either like um, Predator versus Vikings. Yeah, which is another just, super generic one. Yeah. Again, super generic, as I say, but, but, in, like, but interesting. These are just um, off the top of my head, but like also, I would kind of like to see um, a predator back in like the Roman times, but it becomes the gladiator. Yeah, Roman times could be an interesting one as well. And I would kind of just like to see the predator become the the champion of the Rome like Colosseum, and just people have to get chucked in to try and take down the Predator. No, they think it's like... Uh, I think a good way to do a Predator movie in that vein would be it's the main character is the Predator and have mm. a Predator trapped on Earth in one of those time periods, like Roman Centurion times, and have it mm-hmm. put into the re- arena as a wild animal. <laughs> People think it's just... Like, still back in those days, they had no... Like when they caught a rhino, like, I don't know what a rhino is. It's just a dangerous big creature from a foreign land that they make mm. people fight. Like They find a Predator and like they build it. It's like, oh, a weird ape man. Right, and yeah. The, and then the, the predator, then someone realizes that the predator has intelligence, teams up with the predator, helps the predator escape, and obviously then you can lead into the thing like predators, like an honor based culture, so the predator tries to help him. And like, you know, there's a slave rebellion with predators, <laughs> or just one predator like that. And, and I've, I've literally just thought that because like a few days ago, uh, Jenna and I really watched Gladiator, and I yeah, was like, so it, man, I'd love to just see the predator in there. Yeah, because then you could have uh, that flip uh, on the original premise, which is like a bunch of like special forces soldiers being hunted by a solitary predator. Would it be a mm-hmm. solitary predator being hunted down by like a Roman legion? Yeah. <laughs> and it's the predator that's hiding in the woods trying to fight, and then the predator has to make its own like scrap together um, uh, um, technology. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to like you know be a, like a real big dick about it, you could be like. You know what? Fuck it. The Roman centurions have predator technology that they stole off it. Oh god. Yeah. See, I would kind of like the the one like of saying that yeah, it has to kind of say you know it crashed and some of its shit broke and just it has to kind of cobble together what it can find and use its natural predator instincts to rely on rather than oh I just win because I have a bunch of like predator tech against yeah. Romans. And it's why all those like um, suggested. Um, like um, scenarios for a predator being on Earth are really boring. It's because the predator has a gun. Yeah, so when people say yeah. feudal Japan, predator's got a gun. Mm-hmm. And they say authoritarian the times, is... predator has a gun, and Similar they always to use guns. How you always have to nerf characters like Superman and Spider-Man to make an yeah. interesting story. Yeah. You'd kind of have to nerf predator to do the same. Because the predator can just blow. Like, it's, it's a fight with a predator. is It's an unfair fight in the first movie. When it's fighting like eight dudes with guns. Mm. Like imagine you go back in time, you make you fight a guy with a sword and wooden lacquered armor. <laughs> it's like nah. That's why, and that's why I think another reason why those um, settings wouldn't be interesting, because they'd have to either nerf the predator and make it less interesting, or um, just like just have the predator like slaughtering like thousands of people en masse, which wouldn't yeah. make the characters in the film seem all that interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a couple of ideas for that, I guess. But yeah, and that's uh, that says. That one is from Nick. They just say many thanks in advance. Nick. Cheers. But yeah, thank you, Nick. And, um... right, Nick uh, if you're going to write movies, um, don't make it your day job. Because, <laughs> mate, you you picked the immediate, most obvious thing. I don't, I don't think they were 
suggesting those time periods. I think that was just obviously suggesting off the top of their head like two settings that they could think of easily, which again, yeah, they are the the two go to options that come to everyone's mind straight away. Same as when um, it's like. Oh, well, Assassin's where Creed. could they set Assassin's Creed? I was about to say, and they always say Feudal Japan. Like, Feudal Japan is the one when you, do, when you run out of ideas. And we've everything, already got that now. We've got to go to Tsushima. So. Yeah, everything except Feudal Japan is way more interesting. Every area of Earth is more interesting because Feudal Japan is the one you want them to do, so it's the one that's going to be the most boring. And to be fair, like props to uh, Sucker Punch for making Ghost Tsushima so interesting. Yeah. Like, they, they pulled that one off completely, but... I do. I really don't have faith in Ubisoft to do the same. No. Uh, so yeah. Next question. Uh, so this one is another like uh, specifically another four questions, like a little quick fire one again. That's how you do it. Look, ask four questions at once, then you get like four times as much airtime. There you go. Yeah, you can. And um, pro straps. You know what? Why not? Why not? Just shoot your shot. Uh, so this one says, "Hey Lucas and Carl, uh, here are a couple of questions I would like to submit." Yes. Uh, number one, what is your workflow editing? Um, I'm guessing that's for you. I'm presuming so. I don't know if you've got much of a thing to like add there. Uh, in regards I... to my editing, um, I just have a day where I do it, and I'm editing gaming videos, so there's mm. not really much to talk about. Is I get the footage that we record. I drag and drop it into Vegas. I sync the audio. I split it into 30 to 20 minute episodes. That's fair, yeah. There's not That's much fair. more to say beyond that, except for maybe a bit of tweaking of the audio. And then um, with something like uh, the Final Fantasy playthrough we're doing at the moment, because it's in 4.3, mm-hmm. um, just putting a border on there, which is a relatively simple process in Vegas. Like, it takes like two or three minutes to do at most. Yeah. Yeah, and when it comes to actual, like, fact theme videos um i guess i can just give a quick rundown of what i do bear in mind like i specifically do edit wiki videos not fact theme regular videos as well no there's a difference Um, there is a little bit of a difference a minor one yeah um so yeah i obviously like download the footage export everything or import everything into um like premiere pro sync it all up and then just do a little bit of like um d clicker d clipper on and like noise reduction on um, Adobe Audition, and then like go through, um, watch like the first cut, and basically I will do make like the raw cut first. So you just essentially cut out any any flubs or um, mistakes in lines and stuff like that. Just leave all of the usable footage intact, and then while and I'm doing that, I will make little notes of markers um across the top of just like here is where i could add images here is maybe where it's like a little bit dry or maybe here is a bit where it's just the wiki is very like over explanatory and i can cut bits mm-hmm. um then i rewatch that all through and then just making notes of like oh okay would this cut make sense like if i'm gonna cut this bit out this bit out this bit out does that make the video work better does it make the video make sense because sometimes we refer back on ourselves um and then generally just make sure that's all okay cut it down and then just like yeah add all of the extra stuff like the background music um the the images and well obviously i've got to find all the images and then go into like um after effects and just 
add all the images in and make sure I've got all the fat bars and stuff all right. Yeah. And obviously, if there is uh, things that I think need checking, I will go and check them and add a fat bar if necessary. Yes. Um, so it sounds like a laborious process, but it's one that you've basically got figured out now, I presume. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's it might sound like a lot, it might sound like not a lot, but I think generally speaking, in terms of video editing, it's a rather simple process. It's a static, basically a static image of a man mm-hmm. stood in front of a green screen having a single conversation. So two people's audio and completely static footage that never moves. Yep, and then just like adding, literally just a, sorting out the green screen with the word cloud in the background and some images that I find and maybe some clips. Um, and plus with the wiki, you can just like go to like wordclouds.com, literally just copy and paste the words from the wikipedia article or wiki article in yeah and it makes a word cloud for each individual video it's really easy yeah it sounds real good that's 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 all good fun it is yeah and um next question 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 number two is uh is there anyone you would want as like a dream guest on a project of yours um no i can't think of anyone that i want to work with that i'd work well with just not knowing them mm-hmm. like the the there's people i want to work with obviously but um in regards to the channel which i presume is what they're asking about um yeah. like the basic premise of the channel is that it's like you know two friends having a conversation and i feel like that um would be very difficult to realize um with a complete stranger and especially one who i like really deeply respect or i'm a huge fan of i feel like it'd be difficult to um uh, like you know t- separate those two things in my mind and it, the, the content will suffer because of it is there anyone you would want to work with just in general uh there's plenty of people really but i, I don't know what i'd be able to work with them and in what regard or capacity i'm, I'm just talking like hypothetical just you don't need to think of what you would do with them but like is there someone specific you you've always wanted to work with oh yeah of course like um like someone like edgar wright because i really respect his like mm-hmm. filmmaking i would love to just like pick his brains more than anything there's yeah, plenty yeah. of people whose brains I'd want to pick, like people who work on like um, even people behind the scenes on movies, mm. like someone, someone who just like has that insider knowledge to pick their brains to uh, um, uh, like just enhance my own knowledge of that sort of thing. And then just, of course there's like just celebrities I want to meet. Fair, yeah. Of like, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger, like people, like I want to meet him. I, I need to know. I want to know what it's like to hug that man. I know stuff like that. So joy, yeah. but. There's no dream project in mind. Like the the channel is essentially framed as like you know a conversation with friends, and I have no. Um, I'm trying to think what's the word. Now. I'm not disillusioned. Not disillusioned. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of now? I I'm not. So what's the word when someone <laughs> I can't think of what yeah, you're thinking of. When somebody is, they think they're better than they are. What's that word I'm thinking of? Uh, like. Uh, like cocky um... oh my girlfriend said conceited I'm not so conceited, conceited as to yeah, think yeah, that yeah, I can get yeah. fucking anyone to work on the channel with me like uh, we talk like I try to be humble towards it so I don't want to um, I don't even think about it that much that's the thing it's difficult for me to answer a question like that because it's not something I ever think about that's uh, fair so and I apologise like, I'm unable to answer the question properly obviously like they use the word dream guest like it's not as if Asking someone that you reasonably think you could work with, but yeah. that's the thing that I think that showcases like the way I approach and live my Definitely. life when mm. I can't even think because it's not something I've ever thought about. It's not often I just sit there and daydream. 
about that's what, fair. What, what like do you know when people say oh what would I do if I was a multi multi millionaire I, I I don't often have that thought process yeah in yeah head. like dream Other small than folk. just like open up a fucking dog sanctuary or something like yeah. a living life yeah just the little things that voice uh, yeah I've uh, uh, life is a, a great principal Skinner quote if light has taught life has taught me anything it's when to know I'm beaten that's fair that's, that's like, fair dream small Lucas dream small yeah and like I, I don't think I have someone like I would have as a dream guest either but um, I'm a big fan of like the the youtuber twitch channel of just kind of funny mm-hmm. and it's not specifically that i can think of like you know greg miller or someone that i'd want to work with specifically but i just see that as like a a, a channel that i would like to work with or appear on at some point uh, i think that would be cool because they just generally chat shit and talk about games and i'm like fair enough i would i would like to try and work with them and hopefully they would be as genuine people as they seem but, at but the same i can't time, really think of like anyone that i would massively want on my project yeah and here's the thing to clarify as well it's like you don't have any illusions that if you met them you would immediately have the same relationship with them that they have in videos no exactly yeah yeah which is what i th- um, think this question is like it's like like just knocking out the door of mm. Uh, like it's touching on like there's nobody I am approaching this like in a pragmatic way in a realistic way of like if I did got get to meet any of these people that I'd really like to work with like I'm not going to have an established rapport with them yeah it would, yeah, it would be awkward like it's one thing to say oh I would absolutely love to work with that fucking like Beyonce or something like that mm-hmm. me and Beyonce would not be able to have a conversation with each other because there's no fucking prior rapport or established relationship between <laughs> us yeah it's the same thing of like, oh yeah, you like that YouTube channel, but like you don't have the image in your head. If you work with them, you'd immediately slot into and become part of that group and have the same relationship with them. No, exactly. I I 100% agree, and like I would like to, uh, you know, potentially work with them at some point, but I don't think I would just, oh well, I'm I'm just one of the the part of the channel now. You know that kind of vibe of like, I would just slot in perfectly and everything would be. A dream and we'd all be best friends it's like Next. no they just seem like nice people and they talk about stuff that i'm interested in yeah it it's, uh, reminds me a little bit when people sent us messages of oh can i be in a video it's like i don't know who you are it'd just be awkward mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah dream small folks dreams. he says that a lot doesn't it? who'd be your dream guest i don't know i don't <laughs> have i don't have any dreams i have small dreams uh fuck it i want barry scott Oh, fuck it. That's the thing as well. If it was going to be someone to appear on the channel, it'd be someone stupid like that. I want Barry Scott to do an intro for one of our videos. Yeah, that's the one. If I was going to say, like, dream guest on the channel, it'd be someone like Steve McFadden. Not even a fucking, like, Phil Mitchell from EastEnders or, one, like, you know, <laughs> the, the one remaining Chuckle Brother oh, or Jeremy Kyle. Oh, God. Or just Jeff. any of those, like, C-list celebrities nobody gives a fuck about. It's like, yeah, I want them on my channel. Want Jezza to just interject halfway through a fat theme video, sit us both down and be like, So what what do you see this relationship yeah, as? Just to say that I did it. <laughs> anyway, next question. Uh so this one I'm I'm not personally like sure I, I have an answer for this, but I, why not? Uh if everybody in the world has to watch one of your videos, which one would it be? None of them, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just kind of in that that same kind of a headspace of like i don't really 
no or I don't really care. Yeah, that's the thing. If people want to watch my content, I, I have, again, I'm not conceited enough to think that if everyone in the world watched one of my videos, they'd be a fan of it. So like, if mm-hmm. there are people out there who like them, who haven't discovered them yet, maybe they'll discover it one day, but it's not a bad thing if they don't. There's plenty of content. There is, yeah. And as you say, like, I don't think everybody would enjoy the stuff that I make. So like, no. it would be nice if more people watch my video about a goal bat being terrifying. But no, no, no. I wouldn't want everyone to watch it. No, don't it be? Those videos record every now and again saying we're, on, we're live streaming Smash right now. <laughs> They'd be one of them, just so I could be the most um, viewed person on Twitch for like one minute. You know what? That's not wrong, Carl. That's yeah. the correct answer. That's the correct answer. Because that way as well, it's 10 seconds long and it's completely harmless. Mm-hmm. And um, just last one here is like, who do you think is the world's worst director? And obviously, I don't think either of us have an answer for the world's worst, but just like, I guess we can name a bad director. Bad director. Uwe Ball. Uh, yeah. Really, really, really bad director. He's not very good at anything he does. And that's the thing as well. Like, I don't really know bad directors because I know bad films. Mm-hmm. Bad films are generally directed by people you don't know. Because exactly. they're shit. They're not known because they're bad. So I and, think like, um, Uwe Ball's probably like the most obvious one of like he just has a terrible track record. Probably the worst track record of like any known director, I'd guess. Probably, and we could easily, easily just <clears throat> use our running gag of Zack well, Snyder. Zack Snyder. Well, he's a terrible director, yeah, and a terrible. He's, writer. A, he's a bad director, but he's by far and away not the worst director in the no. world. He's just real, real bad at directing superhero movies. Um, he's just, yeah, very base level. But we've we've spent plenty of time dunking on Zack Snyder, and I want to give out a shout out to uh, Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jankel, who are the two directors apparently of the Super Mario Bros. film. So I'm going to just say them. Oh, did you just Google that? I just googled Super Mario Bros. the movie because. God damn, that's an awful piece of trash. I'm pretty sure as well they were like a husband and wife team who'd never played a video game before. Oh my god, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, anyway, so I, I don't know. I guess to dunk on Zack Snyder. So did you see that Army of the Dead movie? He's just alien. I didn't know. Like, there's been like side-by-side comparisons. He's just made Alien, or Aliens, again, with zombies, but made it worse. I did see, though, about that movie is that it was shot in, like, a really weird way where the focus changes depending on who, what character is talking. Like, every single time a character stops talking, another one starts, like, they focus on that character and the other one becomes a bit blurry. And yeah, it has really, really bad depth of feel because Zack Snyder literally bought a lens on eBay and was like, yeah, this lens is awesome. It's used to shoot documentaries. And it's like, but you're shooting a fucking zombie horror movie. Yeah, and I, I haven't watched the movie, but apparently you can just literally tell who's going to start talking because everybody else will become just out of de- uh, out of, uh, the field of death. Will just change, and the one person who's about to talk will become in focus. Yeah, it's like, it's that's the... really weird and strange. Yeah, it's like he wrote the movie, and it's just a rip off of a better movie. Mm. So yay. Like go him. Like, it says a lot, doesn't it? When you write, when you say proudly, "I wrote this story. It's my original story," and within thirty seconds of it being out, people it's just fucking aliens, but worse. Yeah, yeah. Like he wholesale ripped off lines from the film oh, and God, entire no. scenes. 
So yeah, I guess this is just our weekly dunking on Zack Snyder. <laughs> nah, it's fine. We've got to get it in there, Carl. Right, it's fine. Because as our friend Charlie says, all he's got to do is just tweet out an image from fucking um, Man vs. Steel and have like 4,000 weird fanboys suck him off for an hour. Oh, I saw something about him like mentioning or or something coming back up. Something about suck a bunch Zack Snyder's cut and it's like, oh, God, fuck off. Do you know what? No, I changed my answer. He's the worst director because he's really bad, but he, people keep insisting that he's good. <laughs> it's like he is on paper a completely, he's a competent, mediocre director, but because he gets yeah, pushed he, as good. He's, he's, as you say, just fairly mediocre. Like, do you know what he is? What he does. Zack Snyder is the directing equivalent of. Have you ever seen that somewhere in like the north of England there is like the longest. Uh, like rain shelter in a supermarket in a car park somewhere. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, well, somewhere in a supermarket in the UK, there's like a, a tunnel. Those tunnels you walk in to get into a supermarket so you're shielded from the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's one in the UK somewhere, I want to say in the north of England, where because it's like the longest one in the country, it's on Google Maps. And it is a running joke amongst citizens of the town to keep mm. giving it five stars on Google Maps and TripAdvisor. <laughs> <laughs> so it is just a completely like, it is a functional serviceable piece of like just equipment that is just like there it's just functional architecture it, it, yeah. yeah it's just something like it has a purpose and it is capable of doing the purpose to a reasonable degree but people keep insisting it's the best thing in the world and what <laughs> happens is is tourists turn up and get confused about why it's got five stars and just get really mad <laughs> And Zack Snyder is the directing equivalent of that because he is a just perfectly competent, serviceable director of movies, but people keep insisting that he's good, so you watch his movies and just get disappointed because they inflate your expectations of how good they are. Mm-hmm. I got he... told by many people that both 300 and Sucker Punch were incredible movies. They're not, no. And that's the thing, they're like, you know, 6 out of 10s, 7 out they of 10s. They are, and fair play for the man. For having just a really bad vision that he sticks to. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what he is. He's that. Yeah. Like he's he's yeah. competent, but because people insist he's better than he is, it inflates your expectations of how good he is, and that's what makes him bad. Anyway, next question. Uh, well, that that one was from uh, Rick, so thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Uh, and Carl, we've we've done it. We've got to the last question. Yes. Okay. The final uh, question. So it just says, have either of us written any fiction? Uh, no, I, I, I can't write fiction. Oh, fair. I, the closest I'm going to get to writing fiction is when I come up with stories in videos on the cuff. Mm-hmm. Or off the cuff, sorry. Like on the fly, off the cuff. Like when I come up with, like, you know, why else am I there? But I am uh, uh, terrible, terrible at writing fiction. Um, I cannot do it. It is not in my wheelhouse at all. So, yeah, I am just not great so that's all that's i've got fair. to say that's all i've got to say but i am i, I fact-based writings like my my, my forte I yeah know, that's, that's, that's i think fair. i'd like to i'd like to think I've, I've been pretty successful doing it I so far as you say when you go off on a tangent and come up with weird stuff you do come up with interesting ideas but none but of which yeah, I'd fair like to enough, like in enough. terms of sitting down and writing scripts and whatnot yeah yeah, it's not for me. It's not something I'm good at or um, have any inclination to do. How about yourself? Uh, kind of. Like, I was... Um, during high school, me and my, my friend, we, like, set up a 
like a film production company essentially and made a variety of things but he, he for the most part was like the driving force and to this day mm-hmm. uh fair play to it like still is out there making movies and like went to acting school and stuff he he was the one that was extremely passionate and i uh kind of was like the, the little side hustle guy because i just was interested but clearly you know that wasn't my driving passion like it was for him mm-hmm. but yeah we we made like a variety of of movies um which i sometimes helped write or like uh come up with the concept for again uh he did most of the hard work mm-hmm. and then we also came up with a few sketch shows that we did um called fluffy pink <laughs> and it was like two 14 year old guys making 30 second sketch comedy clips okay and yeah i will admit i have tried my hand i have thought of trying my hand at that joe you know, and that was a big thing of people making um like weird like skits and sketches on youtube i thought about potentially turning some of my old stand-up jokes into those because mm-hmm. i thought well a joke a one-line joke, you can turn a one-line joke into like a 10-second clip on YouTube. Yeah, and we probably should have done that, but instead we decided to make it a 20-minute long, like, actual, you know, as if it was like a television episode or something. Yeah, not a great idea. Uh, no, but, you know, looking back, it was fucking funny. Yeah. Just, just to think that we did that is funny, not the actual, like... Um, comedy itself like the one that sticks out in my head is like one that i can clearly remember the joke of it was me with a sniper rifle aiming out the window Mm -hmm. my mate comes in and goes what are you doing i just say taking out the trash and then it cuts to like me shooting a garbage bin (laughs) see stuff like that yeah yeah and it's just stupid shit that 14 year olds come up with yeah but yeah we, we we did that for a few years and made like a few of those episodes of fluffy pink but yeah i'm pretty sure as well i've seen like that's the kind of shit like tom scoward do exactly yeah. yeah yeah and like it's not an original idea and i don't think that's what these person means when they think fiction because they are at least technically you know you're creating a fictional scenario which you are acting yeah out but we, we did a uh, we did come up with actual like you know movies that were western-esque and stuff like oh like, yeah shoot full 90 to two hour movies which are never going to see the light of day on the internet uh, they do exist somewhere. But oh yeah. no! Oh no, Lucas! Why would you say that? Somewhere, so you know what? Go fucking find them if you can. If you could find that shit, you can watch it. Oh man, yeah. The closest I've got was like thinking. Now I think back to it. Yeah, you mentioned that memory river. Yeah, maybe that is something I thought about doing um, long before Fact Fiend existed. But I realised like um, I don't have any screen presence or um, uh, natural charisma that I feel would endear me <laughs> to an audience. <laughs> Um, when I'm... Says the person with 700,000 subscribers on YouTube. I, I still, like Lucas, my success is entirely unexpected. And I still, <laughs> to this day, do not understand why anyone listens to anything I say, watches anything I put out, or reads anything I write. I'm thankful that they do, but I don't understand it. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, dear. And what a good way to end it as well. It's like, I have no charisma whatsoever. I don't understand why people listen to this. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. I'll see you next time.